Hi, I'm Jesse Hurlbert, and welcome to Arthropod Adventures. This is episode 14, The Circular Spinner. Today's arthropod can be found outside in your garden or out in a meadow. Their home is circular and intricate, and they can be found just lying in wait, hoping an unsuspecting arthropod happens to land on the wrong spot. Can you guess what it is? Today's episode brings us to the world of the yellow garden spider. This is another member of the arachnid family, like our daddy long legs, but this one is actually a spider, and an amazing one at that. Its scientific name is Argiope oriana. Again, we all remember, my scientific pronunciation is not the best. The etymology or origin for this name comes from Latin. I came across two different meanings for Argiope. One meaning, silver, and the second meaning, bright face. This name follows all of the spiders of this group. And when you see their faces in the picture, you'll have an understanding why. Its species name, Oriania, comes from the Latin word for gilded. Gilded is a fancy way of saying covered in gold. I know we haven't talked about their appearance yet, but when we do, I think you'll understand how it got its name. I mean, even in the common name, yellow garden spider can give you some clues, as yellow can be a golden type of color. And while we're on the common name, the garden part of its name makes sense when you know it can be found in your garden. Spiders have always been something that scared me growing up. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that my fears were, well, kind of silly. Spiders, even some of the most dangerous ones, are relatively harmless. They don't want to bite or eat you any more than any other animal. So please don't be afraid of them and instead appreciate them for all the great things they do. Our spider today can grow to be just over an inch in size, which is a pretty good size of a spider if you ask me, but this would only be for the females. The males are much smaller at less than half of an inch. So you can see there's a big size difference. When this happens in a species, the female being larger than the male, we call it being sexually dimorphic. This is the case in a lot of spiders. Spiders are the proud owners of two body parts, unlike our insects friends, which have three. The first body part of the spider is called the cephalothorax, which is just a head and thorax that are fused together and are no longer separate body parts. The last and typically larger of the two is the abdomen, which you will remember from all of our insects. Now let's take a closer look at the females in particular, because I just think that they are so much more beautiful. The cephalothorax of the yellow garden spider is covered in short silvery hair. I alluded to this earlier in the episode. This would also be where you would find their eight eyes. The abdomen is a larger egg-shaped body that has that bright, iconic, yellow-goldish color striped with black. Be sure to check out the links in my show notes to see some amazing pictures. And also, you'll see it front and center on my art made by my brother Stefan. Thank you.
Spiders also have the defining characteristic of having eight legs, and the legs of the yellow garden spider differ in color depending on what pair you're looking at. The first pair of the legs is typically all black in color. Pairs two, three, and four can be striped black and orange. Another thing of note here is that the third pair of legs is shorter than all of the others. Now at the bottom of spider legs, you typically find little claws um, for using and spinning their web. Our garden spider is the proud owner of three little claws. When it is time for mating, the male spider, who remember is much smaller than the female, will go out searching for his potential mate. When he finds one that he likes, he will spin a zigzag pattern in the middle or somewhere on the outer edge of the female's web. The male will then pluck the web strings, kind of like he's playing the guitar. It lets the female know that he is ready and willing to mate. This takes place in late summer or early fall. The female will then decide, yes, I will mate with you, or no, I will not. In some cases, the no, you will not will also end in her eating him. But that's life. Once they have mated, the female will then lay her eggs and encase them in an egg sac that honestly resembles a brown pear. Look to my show notes for a great picture. The egg casing is made out of a special silk designed to regulate the temperature of the eggs. She could potentially lay more than one egg sac, with each one holding upwards of 1,400 eggs, which is a lot. The mother will protect her egg sacs until winter shows up. Then she will likely perish due to the cold weather. The egg sacs will overwinter in this sack, and if all goes well, they will hatch when the warm weather comes in the spring. As they hatch, it's a free-for-all. Many, many will be eaten by their siblings, while others will be eaten by various other animals. The ones that do make it will leave the nest. They do this by ballooning, which just sounds like a lot of fun. It's something a lot of spiders do. Uh, they send up a silk line into the air and ride the wind to their next destination. I'm reminded here of the end of Charlotte's Web. I won't spoil it, but there are some spiders ballooning there. <clears throat> the yellow garden spider is oftentimes just called an orb weaver, although there are a lot of orb weavers. And while this is true, they do weave in orbs. As I mentioned, there are over 2,800 different species, and they get this name from the shape of their web. If you're not familiar, an orb is just round in appearance. What you may or may not know is that spider silk comes out of a special body part called a spinneret. Spiders generally can make many different kinds of silk, and they use them for different reasons. In the case of our featured spider, they lay a foundation of non-sticky silk, just thin fibers. These are the baselines for the web, the ones you would picture like the spokes on a bicycle tire. These are connected to plants or stems, rocks, really anything they can find that's in the area where they're building their web. On these lines is where the orb weaver will create its iconic and beautiful spiral web. These spirals are the sticky silk, the ones that the other arthropods will get attached to. When an unlucky arthropod lands on the web, the real fun starts. 
the spider will feel the vibration of the web, sprint down, and immediately start spinning the prey around while simultaneously spinning everything. Just getting this thing into what I would equate to a mummy. Does this quickly for a few reasons. One, to keep her web safe so that the creature trying doesn't destroy her hard work. And two, so that she doesn't get hurt in the process. A wacky, wavy prey item could potentially lead to injury. Once the spider is done wrapping up its prey, it will bite it, injecting a deadly enzyme into their body that will literally turn their insides into mush. The spider will keep its prey close to the center of its web, waiting for the prey's insides to turn. I always tell kids, it's like if your insides turn to a slushy or a milkshake, then it's time to drink. Most of these orb weavers make vertical webs, meaning they are perpendicular to the ground and are quite large, somewhere getting up to two feet wide. The female spiders will sit in her web with her cephalothorax, that's her head region, right? Facing down, just waiting for her food. Our featured spider today also creates a very distinct zigzag pattern down the middle of its web. This zigzag pattern is called a stable momentum. Scientists are still debating about what this pattern's feature is, but a few possibilities would be a way to lure in prey or even as a cautionary warning for larger animals like birds to stay out of the way of the web. One interesting thing to note is that this spider will consume, which means eat, the inner parts of its web daily, the sticky parts, and they will replace that with fresher silk. It's believed the spider does this because there are still some nutrients within that silk from tiny microscopic organisms getting caught, and it's just giving it away to have a stickier trap waiting. I will end today's episode with a single thought, that you should love and appreciate spiders. They are incredibly beneficial to our world and you as a human. Think about all those flying arthropods you hate, like houseflies or mosquitoes. Our arachnid friends are eating all that they can get their hands on. And if you are lucky enough to have a garden, then spiders are a great and free pesticide to keep your plants safe. So the next time you see a yellow garden spider standing stoically in her web, I want you to appreciate the beautiful web she weaves and the nasty creatures she eats for us. And I hope that you even get a chance to watch her spin her web or wrap up a tasty treat. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have an arthropod you would love to hear about, want to tell me what you think about the show, or found a mistake, please send me an email at arthropodadventurespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay inquisitive and never stop learning. Your fun fact about me today is that I've been known to show students and campers how a spider eats by scooping up an unlucky insect or arthropod, typically a nuisance type one, and tossing it into a spider's web to watch them work. Not a bad afternoon activity.